You're listening to the Play Like a Girl podcast, episode number 20. You play ball like a girl! I'm Nikki B with Play Like a Girl, made just for female athletes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Play Like a Girl podcast. I'm your host, Nikki B. Here at Play Like a Girl, we aim to encourage more confidence in young women who play sports and give them the necessary tools and advice to have an amazing career in sports and beyond. If you are a young woman who plays sports and lives an active lifestyle, or you know one of these young women, I am so excited you are here. Each week, we'll either bring you a guest in the sports world or have a roundtable discussion of the many taboo and important topics in the world of female sports. Are you with me? Let's change the game. Before we dive into this episode, I want to share the review of the week. We want to start sharing these reviews, so be sure to leave a review with your name and IG handle to get a shout out. This week's review comes from PHS Football, who says, so refreshing to hear from other female athletes about the breakdowns and the breakthroughs. Love the episode on confidence. Thank you, PHS Football, for the sweet review. Ladies, this week's guest is a top American sprinter with three Olympic medals and a world record. Carmelita Jeter, known as Coach Jet, has accomplishments on and off the track that are absolutely fascinating. She is the fastest woman alive when she ran the 100 meter in 10.64 seconds eight years ago at the Shanghai Golden Grand Prix. Since then, she's launched her own track clinic, been named an ambassador for Healthy Compton, and is now the Missouri State Assistant Coach for Track and Field. Let's dive on into this awesome and inspiring conversation with Coach Jet. Well, hello, Coach Jet. Thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I think a great platform to have women come and just show the world how awesome they are. Um, Heck yes, girl. I am so excited to interview you. So something I like to do with our guests is some rapid fire questions so we can get to know you a little better before we dive deep. So first question, where do you currently live? I currently live in Springfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And where did you grow up? Los Angeles, California. Love it. Cali girl. All right. Besides basketball, what sports did you play? Oh, sorry. Besides basketball, besides track, what sports did you play growing up? Well, basketball. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, I, I grew up playing I grew up playing basketball, but I was a bit of a tomboy, so I would play football with the boys. Um, I would run in the street, um, play softball, baseball. So I was definitely active as a child. Mm-hmm. And then what is your favorite quote? Oh, on hold. Can you hear me? Uh-oh, there we go. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Um, yeah. My favorite quote would, you know, I don't even, I don't have a quote, but, you know, my favorite line that I always say is leave it, leave it out there. You know, if you, if you don't leave it out there, you'll be disappointed. You'll second guess everything. You will do the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And if you leave it out there, there's no room to do that. I love that. Well, that is a perfect quote and it's a perfect quote by Coach Jets. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) What is one of your superpowers? Oh, one of my superpowers. Um, I believe I'm a great motivator. Um, of course, I've run fast. I'm mm-hmm. the second fastest woman alive. I have world records and medals after medals after medals. But I believe I am a great motivator. I believe that's a, 
a great piece of my uh, purpose here and my purpose in coaching is that I can take um, an athlete that you know, someone would think is not one of the best athletes. And my whole job is to feed you the energy that you need to go and get the job done. Um, so I'm just a great motivator. I'm a great um, a feeder of positive energy. I love that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And lastly, who is your favorite athlete? Oh, my gosh. Who is my favorite <laughs> athlete? Oh, that's so hard because, you know, there are so many amazing athletes. You know, you can I could just go down the list. But um, one of the athletes that I just truly enjoyed watching because he just reminded me a lot of myself. And that was Kobe Bryant. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he just had that drive on and off the court where he would be in the gym at four o'clock and he would be in the gym when practice was over and he would be in the gym and he would be in the gym <laughs> and um, he would play hurt. He would play sick. He would play injured. He would just, you know, and just remind me of myself. So, um, and he had that mentality. They call it the Mamba mentality, but they called my mentality the Jet mentality. Love so, it. <laughs> um, I would definitely have to say it would be Kobe Bryant. I love that. Just powering through it, fighting through it. I love that. Okay, so let's dive on in. So you said you played a ton of sports growing up, but how did you get specifically into track? And then how did you decide to stay with track? I got into track because my freshman year of high school, the high school coach said, um, why don't you go run track just to stay in stay in shape for the off season? And, you know, I went out there, I had my basketball shorts on, my <laughs> basketball shoes on, and, you know, then I'm out there and I'm actually pretty good, right? And, you know, I'm running circles around seniors and people that I probably shouldn't and ended up on varsity my freshman year, got my letter and you know, I never went back to playing um, basketball on a team at my high school. Track was something I fell in love with. And mostly, I believe I fell in love with it because it was a sport that made you accountable. Mm. You know, you couldn't hide from other people. You couldn't mm -hmm. um, have another teammate um, bail you out, you know, like mm -hmm. team sports. You know, it's a team sport. So, you know, everybody's helping everyone. But in track and field, it's pretty much me, myself, and I because it's an individual sport. The only time it truly becomes a team sport is when you're on a relay. But when you're in that lane, lane five, your name is the only name that they call. And I love the fact that I got all the credit when I did well. But you know what? I'm not going to lie. I love the fact when I got the credit when I I didn't do well as well. Um, it just kept me accountable. I love that. It's funny. It's kind of similar. I played golf growing up and that's pretty much the only sport I played. And it's the same thing. You know, it's a very individual sport. Yes, you're competing as a team, but it's all on you. You have no one else to rely on. So that's awesome. So talk a little bit more about your high school experience. It sounds like you were kind of a natural, you were a fast, you know, runner um, very naturally, but you said you also worked very hard. Um, so talk about your high school experience and then transi transitioning into college. Well, you know, when we talk about the high school experience, we're, we're going to talk about how, yes, I was fast at my school. I went to a small Catholic school, but across the board, I wasn't fast when you when you reached out to um, the larger schools. Mm -hmm. You know, I only ran 11.9 in high school, and nowadays girls are running 11.3s and 11.4s. Mm -hmm. I never went to state. I never went to the big meets Arcadia. And I say that to say so many athletes get so caught up in not being at those big meets with the New Balance and the Adidas Classic, <laughs> and, and that doesn't define how good you are. 
And, um, you know, here I am, the fastest woman alive, world record holder, second fastest woman ever, medals. And I didn't do all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to a small school. Was I talented? Yes. Um, But was I in the weight room and doing all those special things that a lot of kids do now? No, I wasn't. And did it change? Did it change my path? No, it didn't. I went. I ended up at a Division two school, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't say that in a bad way at all. I say that to say, stop getting caught up in having to go to this big school. Stop getting caught up in having to be somewhere that you don't even fit. Mm-hmm. You know, how about you pick a school that actually fits you, that mm-hmm. the coach will help you, opposed to just picking a school based on a name. So I was a small athlete at a small school that ended up getting a five-year scholarship at Cal State Dominguez Hills, which was a Division II school. So you're wondering, how did you get a five-year scholarship, Coach Jet? Well, you know what? I didn't handle my business in the classroom. Um, I did not do well on the SAT. I barely graduated from high school with a 2.0, and I had to redshirt my freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing that I stress all the time when these girls are calling me and they have all these fast times, but then you have this GPA and then you didn't do well on the um, ACT or the SAT, there's nothing I can do with that. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. people forget it's not just about running fast and I found out the hard way and um, I was fortunate enough to go to a division two school where my coach actually cared and and my coach wanted me not only to run fast but to graduate mm-hmm. and I did both of those things so um, you know I didn't have the yellow brick road story I had the hard work story I had the okay this is how it's gonna go and you need to make the best of it story and um You know, and then you have your athletes that did so great in high school and then got to college and didn't do anything. And a lot of that is from being burnt out and being tired and being overexposed. So when when I was an athlete, um, I I managed my sports life with my outside life. You know, you have to make sure you're still enjoying being a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, There's why a teenager should be a professional athlete at 13 and 14 <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me um why are you on a diet you know mm-hmm. um why aren't you <laughs> eating things that excite a 16 year old um so you know i was that kid that believed that i needed to be a kid and maybe that was just my parents that just always went to make sure i was still having fun because the number one thing my dad always stressed was you never get these years back Mm, so true. I'm so happy you just said all of that. I think that is such amazing advice. And I want to talk more about that later. But first, I want to talk about before we dive into all that, um, you know, your advice as a coach, talk about the Olympics. So what was it like competing for your country? Walk us through that journey from the first time you qualified to where you are today. Um, so 2004, I went to the Olympic trials as a collegiate athlete, and I didn't make it out the first round. That Olympic trials was the Olympic trials that pushed me to be better. That was the Olympic trials that showed me, okay, Carmelita, you belong now you need to put the work in. Mm -hmm. Um, 2008 Olympic trials, I missed the team. Um, I came off of 2007, went in two medals at world championships, and I just stopped training. I stopped doing all those important things. So I had four more years to get it together, right? (laughs) And um, I got it together. I made the team and the 100, the 200, and the four-by-one relay. And, you know, people like to say 
you know, well, how their Olympic experiences was and this and that. I don't even believe that you can tell someone else what the mm. experience was like. It's like mm-hmm. that experience that you really have to do it for yourself. Walking mm-hmm. into that um, opening ceremony was very emotional and, mm-hmm. and emotional in so many ways for me. I had lost my aunt to breast cancer and it was just a rough year for me. So going into that Olympic stadium, I knew I was there for her as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, being that, you know, I've never, um, you know, represented my country as far as the military, it was a big deal mm-hmm. to represent my country at the Olympics. You know, so many people were cheering and rooting for me that I didn't even know. And mm-hmm. were they rooting for me because I was fast? Yeah, but they were rooting for me because the United States of America was what came up under my name. Mm-hmm. And um, you take it in a little differently when you're when you're representing something so much bigger than you. And um, I, I can't even describe it. I can't. And I, I wouldn't even be, it, I wouldn't even be giving it justice by saying, Oh, it was magical. You know, <laughs> it it's, it's something that you have to experience. And what I tell people is I say, you know, everyone has their own Olympics and just like a person that passed the bar, you know, mm-hmm. what was that feeling like? And you're mm-hmm. probably like, you can't even explain it. Or that person that passed <laughs> past their um, medical exam and now mm-hmm. they're a doctor. You know, those, I, I tell people all the time, you had your own Olympics. It was just different, you know? I love um, that. And, and they probably can't tell me how good it felt to pass something that took them forever to to reach. So mm-hmm. it, it's the same feeling. It's it's just um, magical and 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 inspiring. And it's, it's just something inside your soul. Mm-hmm. Well, you gave me chills talking about it. So you <laughs> described it very well. I know, joke, when you're talking about the emotions you felt when you walked in, like I actually got tears in my eyes and I got the chills. So you described it very well. But let's talk about now, what was it like setting a world record and becoming the fastest woman alive? Setting the world record. A lot came into that. Um, we were at... Um, the Olympics and we had been doing handoffs with several athletes and it just wasn't the chemistry just wasn't vibing Mm -hmm. and um, several of the women had ran extremely fast but this one particular woman was doing everything right but she didn't have the fastest time Mm -hmm. and um, you know we had to make a executive decision Mm -hmm. and I tell people all the time it's not about time it's about chemistry And just like people in the workplace, you want to put a team together that's magical, that has Mm -hmm. chemistry. And putting Bianca Knight on third leg was not what people wanted. She was not the faster of the four girls. Um, She had the slowest time of everyone. But what Bianca brought to the team was the confidence that we needed, the confidence Mm -hmm. to get the stick around. And it was very um, hard um, to to do because some people did deserve to be on that leg if we based it on how fast you ran. Mm-hmm. And um, it was um, a decision that we made. And it was it was hard because so many media outlets were kind of throwing us under the bus saying, you know, the Olympic squad can't get the stick around. They can't do this. Mm-hmm. They can't do that. And it was really saddening because a lot of those outlets were American outlets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it was disheartening to know that, OK, we 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 had 
we got to go and show everybody. And now we put this girl on third that's slower. And so if we really fail, A, they're going to throw Carmelita under the bus because I was the one that wanted this girl on third leg. So if you watch the video, I'm going, I'm, I'm rubbing my hands on my number because my hands are sweating so bad. Oh. That was the first time that I was so nervous because I knew they were going to hang me if wow. this didn't go well. And so when Tiana Madison took off, I knew we already broke the world record. Wow. I knew it. And when Allison Felix got the stick, and if you watch the video, if you've watched Allison Felix compete over the years, you never see that much emotion from her. Mm. But when you see her hand the stick off to Bianca Knight, she's screaming, go! <laughs> and you can even hear her on the video mm -hmm. and you see Bianca running as fast and hard as she can and she gives me the stick and as I'm running and I see the time and I say oh 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 we bought to, we bought to. and then I point and you know many people thought you know I was just pointing because we broke the world record I was I was saying a lot in a point Mm -hmm. um, you know, being that I'm an athlete and being that you have to be politically correct and being that, you know, you're a role model and people are watching you and, you know, you can't say all the things that you would really like to say. <laughs> but um, the point was, you know, you doubted us. Mm -hmm. You doubted us. You you threw us under the bus before the bus even started rolling. Mm -hmm. And look at that. Forty point eighty two. So the point the point said a lot without saying anything. Mm-hmm. I love that. Wow. What a great story. Thank you for sharing. Um, let's hop into though. So now, because you talked about this a little bit earlier, I want to dive into this. So you are now a track and field assistant coach for Missouri State. And what yep. do you look for in a recruit besides their athletic accomplishments? Because you touched on this and I, I think um, you had some great advice about this. Yes. So I look at several things. A, I look at your grades because I need you to be able to come to school and graduate. Mm -hmm. um, I love the fact that you run fast, but I need you, I need you to be able to leave this school and be a strong woman. Mm -hmm. And um, that means graduating. That means me feeding you, building you up and, and, and encouraging you to to be able to live past Missouri State. Um, so I look for several things. Um, I do look for grades. I look for talent, of course. Um, I look for your conversation when we're on the phone, um, just your wording, how you say things. Um, I also look at the confidence that you have in yourself. Many times people think if they talk about their self, they're being cocky. No, it's a difference. It's a difference mm -hmm. from being cocky and being confident. And I tell people that all the time. So I look for those things. How do you feel about yourself is, mm -hmm. is some things I look for. I look for the chemistry of us when we're on the phone or if we're in person I, when the when the girls come to visit I look at the chemistry that they have with the girls that are already here because the the number one thing as a coach what you don't want to do is just sign someone because they're fast mm -hmm. and then they become a cancer and what does a cancer do it eats and it destroys and it kills mm -hmm. and so when you're bringing someone on a team or on a squad it's just like doing a puzzle you know, all your puzzles have to fit. Mm -hmm. All your pieces have to fit. And if your pieces don't fit, guess what? Your puzzle will not be complete. And when girls are coming in, I'm looking at the pieces of the puzzle, not just if you run fast. 
Yep, that makes sense. I love that. And what about your best advice for preparation uh, before season and then during season? What is your best advice as a coach for these track and field athletes? My best advice is before practice starts, before you head back to school, start moving around, start doing things. You know, if you're an athlete that that you know that when you guys are doing the preseason work that it's a little harder for you, then how about two weeks before practice starts, you go out and start doing some runs on your own. Mm-hmm. So you're not starting from the bottom and from the mm-hmm. scratch. And you're unmotivated. Um, if you're an athlete that, you know, deals with issues of like maybe pulling your hamstring or things of that nature, how about you go and do some rehab on your own? You know, many times people try to wait for the athletic trainer to help them do things. But how about you start on your own? So then when you come in, when season starts, you're not so behind. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about what you're willing to put in on your time, not our time, Mm -hmm. but your time. And, um, you know, I, that's what I advise. Or even if you're an athlete where, you know, maybe weight is an issue then, you know, how about you really sit down before season starts and figure out ways to help yourself come in um, looking and feeling fit and feeling mm-hmm. better and not feeling so discouraged and and and, and undervalued. Mm-hmm. Yep, I love um, that. For season, um, the number one thing that I just even tell my athletes now is you got to stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to stay hydrated. Um, you have to take care of your body. I constantly send the girls down to the training office to get in the ice bath. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all my girls know, okay, we got to go. Excuse me. Okay, we got to go to the ice bath. All right, we got to <laughs> go to the ice bath. Okay, we got to go to the ice bath. You know, you have to be willing to take care of the body that you need to run fast. You want right. to do all these amazing things, but then you're lazy. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to do amazing things with a lazy mindset? Yeah, You know? And, and um, so during season, I, I definitely preach staying hydrated. I definitely preach going into the training office, not just when you're hurt, but just to go. How about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, let's, just, let's just stay on top of anything that's yep. even feeling a little, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and the number one thing I always say before season even starts, and I have a meeting with each girl separately for 20 minutes, and we talk about goals because my thing is don't wait to the middle of the season to tell me what you want to do. We need to have this meeting before season starts so we could be on the same page. And right. then what I like to do is I write everything down. Every workout we do, I write it down. And so I keep a log. So if you're that athlete that's been playing around, then you get to the end of the season and you're wondering why Peggy Sue beat you, I'm going to say, well, <laughs> Peggy Sue ran this, 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 and this. And, oh, this was what you ran Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday. You didn't want to train. Uh, Saturday, you were injured, quotations. And <laughs> um, so I, I definitely like to keep a log because I like to make my athletes accountable. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to let you see why Peggy Sue's been beating you, the girl that shouldn't be beating you because she came in here slower than you, but she wanted it more than you. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely like to show you better than I can tell you. Yep. I love that. I love that. It's all about preventative rehab. So making sure things don't happen and working hard and having, you know, the want to work hard and, and to achieve those goals. That's awesome. So what do you wish you knew in high school and in college as a student athlete? <laughs> 
Wow. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I'm that person that never likes to change anything. Mm. Um, um, I believe everything always happens for a reason. And um, that's how you're built. You're built on the struggle. You're built on disappointments. You're built on the pluses and minuses of life. So people always ask me, like, what would you do different? I always tell people nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I would probably um, focus more on if I was in high school would just to be to do all the things that I hated in practice, Mm. (laughs) because it's usually the things that you hate. You hate them for a reason. Why? Because they make your buns burn. They make your chest burn. You don't want to do it. I would say tackle all the things that you dislike. Mm-hmm. That's awesome advice. It's so true. I mean, usually the things that you don't like are probably the things that you're not the best at. So it makes sense to work harder on those things. All right. So besides being the fastest woman alive, what are some of your favorite accomplishments on the track and off the track? Okay. My number one accomplishment that I, I value way more than being the fastest woman alive is I was the first member in my family to graduate from college. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. So that, and and I tell people all the time, medals, world records can be taken, mm-hmm. but they can't take your, they can't take your, your education. Yep. That's something that they can't take. That's always yours. Mm-hmm. Nobody can come and run faster and take it from <laughs> you. Um, so um, that's definitely my number one accomplishment, um, and I praise it. I praise it all day. I'm actually um, going to start the um, graduate program here at Missouri State because I do believe awesome. education is is a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my number one accomplishment. Um, the other thing that I I feel that I've done I've done well in, and I want to do even more. Unfortunately, like I said, I lost my aunt to breast cancer, but I became the ambassador for Susan G. Coleman's Circle of mm. Promise. Um, I'm constantly pushing for women to get checked, and um, it's just it's it's it it's a disease that's taking over women. You know, many times people like to put. Um, ethnic groups on it. No, it's women. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's taking us down. And, um, I'm very, um, passionate about being a part of something. And I hate that I'm, am I only passionate about it because I lost someone, you know, unfortunately when it hits home, you take it in a little differently. And Mm -hmm. so when I speak at events with breast cancer, I'm speaking from the heart Mm -hmm. and, and maybe that's why people take it in a little more because I know how it feels to lose someone and it's nothing you can do. So, um, those are the two things that I, I feel like I'm, I'm most impressed about with my life is that I have a purpose. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's amazing. All right. Well, Carmelita, Coach Jet, fastest woman alive. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Any final thoughts? Let's see. Let me run it real quick. I'm coaching at Missouri State University, which is an all-women's program. Um, if you would like to reach out to me, you can contact me at cjeter at missourystate.edu. Um, I will leave you with this. Um, be your biggest and loudest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Nobody should cheer louder than you cheer for yourself. Uh, many times we wait for other people to clap. Why mm-hmm. are we waiting for someone else to acknowledge what we've done that we've already known it was great when we did it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely always say clap for yourself. If you're the only person in the room, clap. And then I'd rather it be an authentic, genuine clap than a bunch of fake claps. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't be afraid to cheer for yourself. Don't think of it as 
being arrogant or being cocky or being um, selfish. Think of it as building and feeding yourself and stop waiting for other people to do it. I love that. Okay. Final question for you, Coach Jet. What does playing like a girl or running like a girl mean to you? <laughs> it means 1064. It means 40.82. It means world record. It means fastest woman alive. It means Olympian. It means world champion. It means Carmelita Jetter, fastest woman alive. I love that. Thank you so much, Coach Jet. You are awesome. <laughs> All right, Paga listeners, I don't know about you, but I thought that interview was so awesome. She had me tearing up and getting chills multiple times throughout that interview. I love how Coach Jet made a point that your education is more important than any other athletic accomplishment, as well as being confident is not the same thing as being cocky. You have to be your number one cheerleader. If you love this episode, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. If you have just a few minutes to leave an honest review on iTunes, we would appreciate it more than you know. You can also send any questions or topics you'd like us to cover by sending us a DM on Instagram at playlikeagirlmp. We want to know what you want to hear. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us at playlikeagirlmp so we know you're listening alongside us. Thank you so much for listening to episode 20 of Play Like a Girl. We hope you come back for more. Once again, I'm Nikki B, and remember to never stop playing like a girl. You play ball like a girl!